Behind the Shades. Hello, Aisha. How are you doing today? Hello, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm well. It's Friday. I got paid. I'm looking at my window. The weather is good. God is good. <laughs> I can't wait all to get outside time. and all, all the time. All the time. So I know we're going to talk about a few beautiful topics today. And you're going to share with us where people can find you. And for those who are listening, she said something that I really, really liked in the green room. She said that she has a lot of power in her hand. So I'm hoping you can share with us today some of that power. How does that sound? Oh, I love to do that. Perfect. Perfect. So let's start from the beginning of this. Introduce yourself. Tell people where they can find you and a little bit about yourself. Um, it's kind of hard to describe who I am. I am an experience. <laughs> I am an experience. And this is just from anyone that comes in contact with me that has a conversation with me. Um, that experienced me. They're like, oh my gosh, you're an experience. You're an experience. Um, but outside of that, I am Aisha, mother of four, oldest child being 25. I know I don't look it. Huh. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I am an author. I've published many books. Um, I've created a game also called The Spiritual Bitch. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> um, I am a Reiki healer where I heal people energetically with the power of my hands. I am a spiritual life coach. And a lot of people be like, well, what's the difference? Spiritual life coach, life coach. Um, with me being a spiritual life coach, my main focus is helping you discover who you are internally and not, um, let me see, putting yourself in a box of organized religion, right? Um, religion, you know, organized religion is good for some people, but then when you feel like you're stuck and not moving forward, um, it's because you're focusing on so much outside of self when, and looking for all the answers outside of self when all the answers are actually within. You possess every answer that you are seeking. Um, what else do I do? I have my notes right. That's crazy. I am also, <laughs> because I do so much, I could go on and on and on, right? So I have to have my notes so I could be like, Sure, right? I am also um, um, intuitive medium. Meaning, for those of you who are not familiar, I see dead people, right? <laughs> um, people come to me not even seeking um, messages from family members or friends who have transition to the other side and the person will show up 
And when they show up, and these are people that I have no clue who they are. It could be a, the first time me meeting these people. And someone who has transitioned will come to me and deliver a message for that person. And they'll give it to me in pictures. I can hear them. I can see them. And it, they always give me clues for the person um, that I'm giving a message to so that the person will know exactly who it is. And I'll be like, oh, my God. And they'll tell me, like, specific stories. And people are like, how did you know that? How did you know that? And I'll be like, I don't know, right? <laughs> I don't know, you know? I am blessed. God has blessed me with um, amazing powers which we all actually possess. So one of the things that I do in a life coaching is helping people unlock that power. Those that's not scared of it. <laughs> I know because that's, <laughs> that sounds so scary. I know when I, when I was, I'm going to age myself here in my teens, mm -hmm. I had this experience where I was sleeping and I was having this dream and I just couldn't figure out this dream. It was like a nightmare. Right. And then I was trying to wake up and I felt like I was pinned to the bed. I couldn't move. And I turned into the biggest wimp. I'm screaming, mommy, daddy, <laughs> try to help me out, right? Because I felt like something was just pushing me down because I felt this sensation, this um, entity like gliding over me, right? Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like time was stopped. Like it seemed like it was forever. So when you say that you see dead people, it reminds me of that movie, Sixth Sense, right? Where it's like, I see dead people, but I've actually experienced something that's kind of terrifying. So how did you get started in all of this? And then you realize that, hey, I can help people. I can heal people because I have this type of power in my hands. Um, well, I've always known that I had powerful hands. Um, people would tell me just from me hugging them, um, rubbing their back, you know, giving my man a massage and they're like, oh my God, it just feels so good. You know, just my touch alone, um, sends energy through people's bodies that will tell every cell in your body to just chill. Right. Um, and just relax. And. I've experienced a lot of trauma um, in my life, you know, um, but I do not let the fact that I was child molested, the fact that um, I was very sickly as a child. I have had multiple surgeries because of my lungs. Um, I had a mom who was on drugs. I had a father who was barely present. Um, we were homeless. I was shot before. I've been raped before. Um, I've been hungry. You know, so I've experienced a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And I was just like, why? Like, why? You know, I went through teenage pregnancy and all that stuff. And it was just like, why am I experiencing this? But now I know why. Because everything I went through made me who I am today. I'm not saying that I had to go through that stuff. Because everything is choice, right? 
whether it's my choice or someone else's choice, everything was choice. And with those choices, it developed an amazing, powerful, magnificent woman that you see before you. You know, and I'm grateful for every experience because now I have the experience and the tools to help other people. And with those tools, me healing myself um, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, just sitting with self. And while I was sitting with self, all the revelations came to me. All the revelations came to me. And guess what? All I had to do was ask God, what am I supposed to be doing? Show me my purpose and show me how good it gets. All you have to do is ask. A did lot you of ever people- think, sorry to interrupt you, did you ever think that there would be a time where you don't make it through to see this type of Aisha that you see today? A lot of times. I was suicidal so many times. I was in darkness for a long time, wearing a mask, smiling, giving. You know, I have a nonprofit organization where I was always out giving to the homeless, doing what I had to do um, for other people, taking people in that needed me. just doing a lot. And I was in the public eye, being featured on the news stations, radio stations, magazines. And through all that, um, receiving awards and rewards and all this from the city of Philadelphia, from the House of Representatives. And these were like my darkest days. These were my darkest days because what I was doing was running from myself. I was pouring into everybody else because I didn't want to face myself. I didn't want to take time out to heal me. So I had to heal everybody. I I felt like I had to heal everybody else. I had to help everybody else until I burnt myself out numerous times, looking for the light. And I was just like, it's just like no end. It's like no end. And that's how, that's how I kept feeling. Just depression and coming out of depression and falling back into depression and out of depression and back into depression. Until I had like this great awakening. And I called my mom, you know, all praise to God. My mom has, how old am I? I'm in my forties, right? <laughs> That's how you know she doesn't want to show her age, everyone. When she won't even give a specific number, she'll just say she's in her forties. <laughs> so you called your mother, who's somewhere a little bit older than you, and <laughs> I called my mother, who has been clean for. Uh, I'm, I'm telling y'all my age. I'm 43. I'm about to be 44. Um, and my mom got clean when I was 10. And she's been clean ever since, you know, Um, and has become this amazing 
woman, this amazing woman. Um, and I called her one day and I said, mom, it's time for me to tell our story. God came to me and said, it's time to tell my story. It's time to help other people. And the fact that I was suppressing it so much is what kept me in the dark. I was suppressing it. I went to therapy, but I didn't feel comfortable opening all the way up. You know, that ego was still like, you know, they might've seen me on the news. They might've seen me in the newspaper. You know what I mean? And they're going to like, like, oh, well, everything is so good. So my ego would not let me fully open, not even to the therapist. Not even to the I know, I know some people when they go to therapy, they look at it as this isn't for me. Who is this person to tell me how to live my life? Or as you mentioned, right, they go in there with the ego and they think that I can fix me. I don't need anyone else to tell me what's broken with me. But what I found is when I started to work with um, coaches and mentors and therapists and things of that, it's that the mirror they hold up to you is a different mirror than you would hold up to yourself. Meaning that the way you see yourself, you may see yourself as, okay, I'm perfectly fine. I'm just going to make this small adjustment and that's it. Whereas someone on the outside who doesn't, has an, who doesn't have an incentive to maybe lie, to maybe sugarcoat it, to maybe inflate your ego, they're going to say, you know what, Terrain? You know what, Aisha? You need to fix this. You need to fix that. You need to fix this. Your eyebrows, your hair, your lip. They're going to tell you every single thing that's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. So when you were dealing with the therapist, when you're dealing with the people who are supporting you, how did it make you feel when you realize that, hey, I'm more broken, I'm more damaged than actually I thought I was? Oh, <laughs> Don't be all in my mind, okay? <laughs> um, when I had the 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 aha, like girl, you're effed up for real, right? Um, it gave me um, the feeling of wanting to isolate. I wanted to isolate myself. I wanted to isolate myself. Um, I just wanted to hide in a hole. Like, I really am messed up. I really am messed up. And I did a lot of self-reflection. Because I did a whole lot of blaming other people. I blamed a whole lot of people for my stuff. And I had to sit and self-reflect on not the the child molestation, but everything outside of that, where I know I had, I still had my own part in it, right? And a lot of it came from me not addressing the pains that I experienced as a child and just continuing to pile more stuff on. I was just piling it on, piling it on, piling it on, 
one thing after the other, trauma after trauma, drama after drama. And in that self-reflection is where I found me. Where I found the strength to take off the mask. And say, you know what, Aisha, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. And whoever can't accept you're not okay, don't even deserve to be in your presence. I didn't love myself. I realized I didn't love myself. Being in abusive relationships, toxic friendships. I didn't love myself because I was allowing these things to happen to me. And all that goes back into the trauma. All that goes back to inner child healing. A lot of our stuff comes from childhood. Down to the people you choose to be in a relationship with. The friends that you choose to associate yourself with. So I found myself in my darkness where I realized that I was jacked up, okay? I can't even say messed up because I was, okay? <laughs> it's beyond the messed up, right? I experienced a lot. When I got shot, I was five months pregnant. I was five months pregnant, caught in a crossfire. Outside my house. While my three-year-old watched from the doorway, his mother being shot. That's a mess. That is something definitely that no child would want to see any parent go through. Because there's always going to be that moment where they're like, mom. If you step outside again, are you going to get shot? And this time, will you be able to come back? Because you're doing a beautiful thing where you're taking that trauma and not only are you using, and I love your analogy, your hands, which are powerful, you're using your hands to heal yourself as well as using it to heal others. And as you're doing that, do you feel that each time you're healing someone else, that you're healing a different part of yourself? Definitely. Definitely. Every client that I come across, I always self-reflect after each session. I self-reflect. I'm like, okay, what message am I supposed to get from this client? You know, um, I'll pick up on different, I don't know. It might be somebody that's watching the live. I'm sorry. But somebody's been having issues with their right knee. Someone's been having an issue with their right knee. Um, and the message for you is to just move forward. Your knee is bothering you because you are afraid to move forward. You're afraid to take the next step forward. Just do it and you'll find relief in that knee. All right. Now back to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. What was the question? I'm sorry. What were we talking each, about? Yeah. Each time that you're healing someone, do you find that you're healing another part of yourself as you're doing that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, that's how I got into that because I just had a vision of someone's knee. Um, when I'm doing a body scan, like I can literally just place my hands over your body and do a body scan. And you can, um, I can tell where there's discomfort or I can visually close my eyes and do a body scan, right? I'm getting lower back for you. Um, and to just, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we can definitely discuss that because I want to make sure that every part of my body is functioning in the way that it should. So yeah, we can discuss that offline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you what, what it's um, attached to also because our emotions um, attack our body. You know, our body tells us what's going on psychologically and um, emotionally and spiritually, our body will tell us. Um, but yeah, so we were talking about, yeah. So I do realize that with some clients when they're having issues, that is something that I need to work on, right? Because I'll get messages, I'll get downloads of information for myself, but I'm hard-headed, I'm stubborn, you know? And then God will swoop right in and be like, um, Aisha, and he'll send me a client with the same stuff, the same stuff, where I'll be like, all right, now you gotta take your own advice. <laughs> Take your own advice. It's always a wake up call for me. So definitely I always um, self-reflect. And then the, the information or the wisdom that I share with the client, I apply it to myself. So I'm still healing parts of me. I'm still healing a lot of parts of me. Well, the clients that you are assisting, are they from a specific demographic with maybe similar concerns or is it like any and everyone that comes together and you're just using your expertise to help them in the way that you will always wanted to be helped when you're going through your trauma? My clients are, um, they come from different demographics. Um, I have black people, white people, um, Indians, um, male and female, and trans, you know. Um, and I like to I like to help people understand who they are because my my main focus is helping people understand who they are within. So I help whoever comes to me because at first I was like, oh, I want to, you know, in business world, who's your target audience? Who's your target market? <laughs> right. 
And for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to have black girls rock, you know, black girl magic. Black. And then the spirit was just like, uh, no, <laughs> no. I'm going to send you a little bit of everybody. Everybody needs help. And everybody is, it, let me see. So a lot of my clients are people who feel stuck in life. They're seeking guidance, um, having issues with trauma, having issues with relationships. You know, I have people be like, um, can you help me attract my soulmate? When the answer in that is be your soulmate, be the person that you want to attract because you're only going to attract who you are right now. So let's work on you and then you're going to attract the best version of you. Is that hard for some people to hear that you're helping? Yeah, because everybody wants microwave results. The five-minute meal, you just slap it in there, then it's good to go. I get you. <laughs> it was like, oh, come visit Aisha one time for a half hour, hour, whatever they book for, and think that everything is done. I'm like, no, you got work. There's work that you have to do. And one of the exercises that I tell a lot of people to do is write an obituary for yourself. The old you. And in that obituary, write down all of your achievements, all of your successes, all of your happy times. And, you know, in the part where we talk about in the in obituary, what's left behind, who's left behind, write down everything that you want to leave behind. All those negative or low vibrational traits of yourself that you know is not serving your highest good. Write that. All that, all those things, people, places, and things that does not serve your highest good, that is not in alignment with where you wanna be and where you wanna go. Leave them behind. And if you, you will get emotional creating this obituary for yourself. I'm thinking of getting emotional just thinking of it because it puts things in such perspective where you're like the old me, the old terrain, let's write an obituary because that person is not going to be here anymore versus there's this new version of you. And I don't know about anyone else, but to say that I don't even know what I would say about myself, to be very honest. That's an interesting um, activity to do. That's why it's, it's very thought provoking. And you have to allow yourself to mourn. You're going to mourn the death of the old you. You're going to mourn the death of those relationships that you need to let go. You're going to, you're going to mourn those habits that you were so used to doing. You're going to mourn not going to the places that you used to go to. Maybe you like to spend time at the club. 
his low vibrational energy there. If you're not going to a high vibe event, let me tell you the type of events I go to. Meditation events, sound bowl sessions. You know, if I'm if I'm going out to a club or something, I'm going to have a good time. I'm coming home and I'm showering. I'm cleansing all that energy off of me. But I don't do it often because I don't want to get caught up in that energy. I'm mindful of the things I watch, the things I listen to, and the people I surround myself with. And it's not that I think I'm better than anybody else. It's the fact that I want better for myself. Was that a yes, difficult yes. road for you to, to travel? And I asked that question because I did something similar a few years ago. And I was surprised how many people wanted to fight me on decisions that I was making in my life. So that's why I asked, was that difficult of a journey for you to do? It was. Because, and, and the hardest thing for me was, I went to Catholic school. I was educated in the Catholic school system. However, I, from a very strong background of Christianity, Baptist church, grandma don't play, okay? My mama don't play. Um, to become an atheist and found that there was no place for me there to going back to church and still feeling unfulfilled to then accepting Islam where I felt complete. I felt complete in being Muslim. I felt complete in the teachings in, of Islam. You know, outside of what people think it is, Islam is love and peace. It's the people, <laughs> it's not the religion, it's the people, right? Until I got to a point where I still felt incomplete. And I was like, hey, there, there's, there's more out here. There's something that I'm missing because what's being taught in my religions that I was familiar with, I was experiencing other things. And the things that I was experiencing wasn't in alignment with what I was learning or what I was taught. So I had to start searching. What is this that I'm experiencing for myself? I thought I was going crazy. Like, wait a minute, I've seen dead people. I can hear people. I really thought I was going crazy until I would have a conversation with someone when I would receive a message from someone on the other side and they would confirm everything that I would say to them and not know me from a can of paint and I wouldn't know them from a can of paint. My uncle came to me after he transitioned and I didn't know that my aunt was going through this uh, financial hardship <clears throat> after his passing. And my uncle came to me and he was telling me um, 
where my aunt could find money that he left. I told my aunt where it was like hide and seek really. Um, but he kept giving me different hints and, and showing me different. I kept seeing like flashes of different pictures. And he told me where he had money for her. I had a friend whose family member went missing and I told her <clears throat> that I can see him laying in a field somewhere. They, they didn't know where he was. And maybe a week later, he was found in a field, shot in the head. You know, so I know I'm not crazy now, right? <laughs> I know that the information that I receive is legit. And I have hundreds of stories from hundreds of clients. You know, people could go on my website and see my testimonials. They are 100% legit. You can go on Google and see my testimonials. Um, <clears throat> so just understanding that I'm just blessed, man. I'm sorry. I'm just blessed, man. <laughs> I'm just blessed, man. So let me ask you, if there's something that you can share Mm -hmm. to perhaps help prepare the next generation of men and women mm -hmm. who are saying that I have a similar story to Aisha. I was a teen mother. I survived abuse, whether it's emotional, physical, mental, financial, which is a lot, which is one that a lot of people seem to neglect. What advice would you want to give them to help them ensure that they can find the type of success and healing that you have been able to find? Go within. Sit with self. You need isolation for elevation. Okay? So many people are afraid of being alone. There's a difference with being alone and loneliness. Right? We have to sit alone because your journey for success is nobody else's but yours. Stop trying to bring people on your journey. It's yours. It's yours. So once you sit with self and understand what God is, no matter what religion you practice, everything is the same. You are going to be you, no matter what you practice, no matter what you believe, you are always going to be you. Your purpose will always be the same. It's never going to change. So please take time out for you to heal what you need to heal, rectify what you need to rectify and forgive. The, the first person that I would suggest forgiving on your journey is you. 
forgive you. Forgive you for the mental abuse that you've caused on yourself. The spiritual abuse that you've caused on yourself. The financial abuse that you've caused on yourself. The physical abuse that you've caused on yourself. If you're not eating properly. If you're not taking care of your body. Forgive you. And then anyone that contributed to that trauma, forgive them too. And you don't even have to forgive them for a response. You're forgiving them for you so that you can drop that baggage and say, you know what? I did what I needed to do for me. And you can go to that person and say, look, what you did to me made me feel X, Y, and Z. It made me feel this way. You hurt me. I felt betrayed. I felt like I couldn't trust you. I felt like you didn't love me. And I want to let you know that I forgive you. And they don't have to say thank you. They don't have to admit to what they've done. It would be nice, right? It'd be nice, but they don't have to because that's not what you're doing it for. A lot of times we get in our way because we're holding on to so much stuff. And it affects everything around us. It affects everything around us. We are creating our reality, nobody else. No one can create your reality. No one can create your emotions, no one. You are the creator, you are in control. I gave one of my clients a scenario the other day, right? As an example, using the word bitch, right? Your home girls give like, yeah, yeah, that's my bitch, that's my bitch. Yo, what's up, bitch? How you doing, bitch? Right? And you're like, hey, girl, And then you have a dude. What's up, bitch? Now you're offended. How dare you? You can, and then you'll have a stranger that's angry and irate. Oh, bitch. You, da, 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 da. Now you want to fight. So you got your homegirls that say it, and you high-fiving them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have your dude, he said to you, you all in your feelings, right? And then you have an outsider and you ready to fight for real. But guess what? It's the same word. It's the same word. You have full control on the power that you wanted behind that word. You have full control. And the way you know that you have full control over your emotions is because you pick and choose how you want to respond to different people. 
you pick and choose how you want to respond when people are talking to you.